Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. Dr. Williams is the author of the acclaimed book, Shattered by the Darkness, Putting the Pieces Back Together After Child Abuse. Dr. Williams is on the senior leadership team at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas. And Dr. Williams travels the United States speaking and training professionals, parents, and victims about the importance of dealing with abuse and personal trauma head-on and not being afraid to break the silence of your own personal pain. Feel free to call in to tonight's show at 888-627-6008 and speak with Dr. Williams and his guests live on air. And now, your host, Dr. Williams. Good evening and welcome to Breaking the Silence, live from Houston, Texas, the most beautiful city in the world. And I just welcome to my home and welcome to a brand new year, 2023. And here we are, happy new year. And I just wish you all the best and the most prosperous year you've ever had. And uh, tonight's program is going to be an awesome way to uh, kick off a brand new year here with Breaking the Silence. And uh, if you want to get involved in the program tonight, feel free. 888-627-6008. Uh, we'd love to have you call in and uh, get involved if you want to, but it's 888-627-6008. Uh, we have an unbelievable lineup coming up of uh, guests on the program next week. We will have uh, Kichi right off of America's Got Talent. Uh, she's an also uh, Houstonian, uh, Houstonian, which lives in Pearland, Texas. Uh, she was in a plane crash that literally burned her entire body. But she is uh, a singer, and she was on America's Got Talent and was one of the fa- finalists on America's Got Talent. Matter of fact, she got Simon Cowell's Golden Buzzer uh, back in 2017. We're not only going to talk about that, but we're going to talk about uh, the event of her life that changed her life of being in that airplane accident that literally burned her total body. And uh, we're going to talk about her music, her faith, and uh, her book that has come out that is an awesome book. I've read it, going to read it again before next week. More Than Scars, The Power of Perseverance, Unrelenting Faith, and Deciding What Defines You. And she will be on the program next week. You know, I tell you what, as we go into a new year, before we bring our our guests on this evening, um, there's a line uh, from uh, one of my favorite songs, from one of my favorite singers, Frank Sinatra, uh, that in the beginning of the second verse goes something like this. Um, It says, regrets, I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. You know, as we look back, on 2022, I wish I could sing that line about my own life, uh, but I can't because I have more regrets than I probably should. Not always regrets of commission, but regrets of omission, of not doing something that I should have done. So if you want the first year of 2024 to be different than possibly like 
spine is at the beginning of this year about looking back on 2022. Here's some things that I want you to enter into your life, just a few. We're not going to spend but a second or two on these. To where I won't have a regret, as many as I at least had as this year. And I don't want you to have a regret next year at this time of not spending enough time smiling and laughing with those people that you truly love. We spend so much time on work, on busyness, on things that really don't matter. And unfortunately, we focus on that arena instead of those people that mean the most to us, the people that make us laugh and smile and make us glad that they are in our family or in our our lives as loved ones. And we need to balance that more because I have never heard anybody on their deathbeds to tell me or anyone else, man, I wish I spent more time at the office. The regret is usually I wish I spent more time with the people that love me and I love them. Another uh, thing that I'd like to take off your regret list is fulfilling someone else's dream instead of your own. Unfortunately, just before we take uh, your first step toward that journey to pursue your dreams, people will, and people around you that's the closest to you, even the ones that deeply care about you, sometimes will give you bad advice. It's because they don't understand the full picture, the big picture, what your dreams are, what your passions are, and what the life goal even means to you. Have the courage this coming year to live a life true to you, not the life that others expect of you. Make time to pursue your passions, no matter what anyone else says. How about a regret that maybe we can check off your list of not being honest about how you feel? I'm so guilty of this. People say, Greg, what's wrong? Oh, nothing. Something upset you? No, I'm fine. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm okay. And we just suppress all of those things and we hold in all of those emotions. And as a result, I settle for carrying the weight of my own silence. This year, be willing to open up your emotions, open up your feelings, and talk about it. Communicate. And in the end, expressing your feelings may just boost your relationships, but I know it will boost your relationship that you have with yourself. And sometimes that's the most important relationship anyway. Another regret of getting caught up in needless drama and negativity. Do we not do this? Staying out of other people's drama is an incredibly effective way to simplify your life and reduce stress. Simply surround yourself with positive people who make you laugh so hard that you forget the bad. And you can only focus on the good. And the last one of them done. I don't want to have another regret of never making a difference in lives of other people. 
And I think our guest tonight will have a story or two about what that impact on other people's lives does to our own heart, to our own life, to our own happiness. Do something greater than yourself. Something that helps someone else to be happy and to suffer less. And I think that will allow us not to have to sing that verse of the song when 2024 comes rolling around and said, you know, I just didn't help anybody this year. I don't want to be guilty of that. I don't want that to be a regret of mine. Just a few thoughts that I have and always like to share and open up the, the program with that. Tonight, if you want to get involved in the conversation, 888-627-6008. Or you can jump right on Shattered by the Darkness Facebook page. And my son, Curtis, that is in the United States Army, that is stationed up in Seattle right now. He's running that for me. And um, feel free to comment on there. Feel free to uh, have a question on there. And later on, he will let me know if there's any questions I, that we need to share live on the program tonight. But if you want to talk straight to our guest or to myself and have a comment, 888-627-6008. It is an honor tonight to have with us um, someone that um, has changed my world, changed my life, and showed me what true strength, true faith, true resilience is all about. And her name is Myra Gian, and she is the oldest sister of Vanessa Gian. And when Vanessa's cell phone went silent on April 22nd, 2020, Myra immediately knew something was wrong, and she took action and is still taking action today over a story that not only shook their family, but shook our entire country and political system. Welcome to the program tonight, live from Houston, Texas, Myra Gian. Myra, good evening. Hi, Dr. Williams. Thank you for your intro. It's very touching. Well, I appreciate you being here. And I want to also just indicate that you are the, the founder and the CEO of I Am the Vanessa Gian Foundation. And we're going to find out all about that later on. And that is, uh, have been, has been birthed. Has it not from this event that uh, shook your family, that changed your life? That's absolutely correct. So what is the foundation all about and how did it come about? Uh, and how can people get involved in, in the foundation? Well, most definitely it was an idea that I first thought about initially in 2020, but there was just so much going on. and look at or think about it uh we worked without knowing uh that we were going to get a bill passed uh sure enough we were successful thank god i mean it was so much work but we we did it um of course in honor of Vanessa and in honor of so many victims that were silenced for decades to come for decades in the past and let's hope not for the decades to come but um most definitely um this this year we really want to focus and put our full time into uh, structuring the foundation in order to help victims of sexual assault, harassment uh, within our military ranks and um, just go from there. We want to keep uh, advocating for uh, policy change 
uh, go to Capitol Hill, bring advocates. We feel like it's necessary for survivors to be uh, the voice. It's powerful and it's what gets things moving. You know, I, I watched the Netflix uh, documentary, which is an unbelievable uh, program. And I, I hope uh, we have not discussed this uh, previously that it got your family stamp of approval on it. Did it not? Yes. Okay. So you, you uh, approved of all everything that was on there and it was so powerful and so strong. Uh, and I watched it again this afternoon and I was just overwhelmed with several things. Uh, the strength of your mom. Unbelievable. The love that you and the kinship that you have within your family uh, was very powerful and very evident also uh, in that documentary or in that program. And I recommend that to everybody that is listening tonight. Make sure you watch it right on Netflix. I am Vanessa Gillian. Uh, it's unbelievable. And when that hashtag was first sent out, did you ever dream that it would have any kind of impact like it has? Uh, this is probably even more powerful than the Me Too movement that came out a few years ago. But when that hashtag went out on social media, what kind of surprise or was it a surprise that you had that much response to it and people were coming out of the woodwork indicating to you, hey, wait, this happened to me. I'm one of those uh, people that has been assaulted too. What insight do you have on that? Well, when the hashtag was first brought up, I know one of the uh, survivors, um, she first shared her story. Um, it caught the attention at the time because of what happened to my sister. And then people just kept sharing more and more uh, on all social media platforms. Um, I honestly wasn't paying attention until one day my, my uh, little sister Lupe shows me. She's like, hey, look up, look on uh, Twitter. There's a hashtag, I'm Vanessa trending. And I was very confused. I Once I started seeing some of the stories, I, I couldn't bear to read anymore because it was just very emotional for me. Uh, and seeing so many young soldiers go through this, it, it was just too familiar with my sister's story. And that was one of the things that also made me feel frustration and anger towards how they were being treated and what was going on and no one was doing anything about it. So it was very much a powerful source for me and for my family to realize that this was a huge problem. Uh, within the military, and no one was doing anything about it. You know, as I, I watched the show, I think three times, and as I watched it this afternoon, I noticed something that uh, I, I didn't notice in the previous other t viewings of it, that when that phone went silent that night, you immediately knew something. There was something in your gut, in your spirit, that you knew something was wrong. That's not her. But the thing that I noticed today in, the, in watching it again was the family and possibly you and your mom or your, and your sisters noticed something different in Vanessa once she got stationed at Fort Hood. It was different than what it was when she first entered into the Army at 18. There was something that wasn't quite right with her, 
and you knew there was that gut feeling. Can you explain uh, that part of the story and what you were noticing in her and what she wasn't sharing and what ended up being something very tragic for your entire family? Uh, what was that that you felt and saw? Right. So when she first started her service, she was a very happy girl. She was red. She, she wanted to get out the house. She wanted to live, explore. She wanted to start her career very early on. Um, even though my mom opposed it, I was kind of opposing it because we've, none of us actually never really left the house even just for school. And, um, so it was very big news for all of us. Um, she was a very happy person. Sure enough, uh, she spent some time in Virginia for Jackson. Um, she was having the time of her life. Uh, she got stationed at Fort Hood, Texas. We were excited because it was only a three hour drive. So we were able to see each other much more often than her being in another state. Um, we started seeing her demeanor change. Uh, she wasn't the same happy person uh, that contacted me a couple months before. Um, you could see just tell like the demeanor in her face. She wasn't it's like when you see a sick person, you can compare like to the healthy and then the sick person. You could see the difference in their their face features and the way that they act, uh, their eating habits, and all of those things were changing for her. And I do recall this one moment where um, we've always shared a room since we were little girls. So um, she came over for the weekend and uh, she slept over, and out of nowhere she wakes up in the middle of the night. Uh, I don't know if it was a nightmare. I don't know what was going on. And that was very recent to before her, her murder. Um, I just recall her panicking, waking up in the middle of the night. Uh, and it was very weird because that had never happened in the past. And I asked her, I was like, what, are you okay? Like what happened? And she just, she said, no, it's okay. It was just a nightmare. Um, but I figured there was something else. Now that I think back, I don't know if someone would go bother her in her barracks at, three in the morning. I mean, it's a shame and I hate to think about it, but um, it was the little things that I just started picking up that would show a huge difference in her demeanor. And um, she was more quiet than often. She didn't really share much other than that. It's just a lot of work, a lot of stress. But for me, the more I pushed, the less she shared. So I just backed off and uh, one day my mom did speak to her one-on-one -on, -one on their own. And that's when she did confess to my mom that uh, she was being sexually harassed at, in the base. And there was really nothing that she could do about it. And it, things just happened. Now, when you started to, after the fact, uh, after she was, she was murdered, and you started to get the investigating uh, and some of the, the lack of that. But when you finally started to find out some some of the details and you found out it was from a commanding officer and possibly two, how did that pour more hurt and salt into the wound? Uh, because they were obviously the army was avoiding uh, discussing that or even admitting to it. And it took a long time. Uh, and your attorney pushing and your family pushing and everybody pushing for, hey, we want answers. 
And when the investigation finally came out, did that even cause more pain because it was from the commanding officer in a place where it should have been the safest place in the world for these soldiers? Right. It didn't prove what we were talking about all along. Um, the allegations that we made were serious and a lot of people didn't accept them, didn't believe them, including the army. So it did take a lot of work. It took a long time to actually get them to accept that my sister was being sexually harassed, possibly assaulted within the base. Um, knowing that it was her own chain of command really does bother me because I can only think about the infinite amount of service members, uh, especially uh, the, the young starting service members um, that have to go through this trauma, through this uh Violence, it, it doesn't make any sense to me because when you think army, you think honor, you think protection, you think it, it America, you think all these very positive, big things. Uh, little did I know that there was a really dark background. Um, and no one was talking about it for f fear of retaliation, fear of losing their career, fear of an infinite amount of things, um, which people knew they were in the wrong, but just kept doing it because they were allowed to do it. It was very permissive. So we had to take action. And you were even afraid, were you not, uh, to share uh, with a post that something was going on and you was afraid that, they, that the U.S. Army may even retaliate uh, back. And you finally said, no, I got to speak up. I got to speak out. And you hit send. And it changed a lot of uh, the perception of what the world has ever thought about the largest military base in our country uh, and exposed a lot of problems. Right. It wasn't like a single issue. Uh, we throughout over time, we started realizing that there was more and more uh, criminal activity that was being permissive, but we just couldn't understand why was it command? Was it, a higher leadership, like what what was going on in that base at that moment. There's no telling. I, I, I do feel like leadership has a lot to do with this. Um, they, they should really look into review and see who, who they have um, taking care of our soldiers because our soldiers, you know, they go in with big dreams, with just wanting to work. And all that is taken away from them, unfortunately. When you found out that your sister was missing and your first interaction with the United States, States Army uh, personnel, that didn't go so well, right? You wasn't as welcomed as you should have been, nor were you receiving any answers to any of your questions, correct? Correct. It was very hard initially to even uh, get a response. They had they had no idea what was going on when I first spoke to the command. Um, the following morning, I showed up in person because I knew over the phone nothing would get done. And um, likewise, they had no idea what they were doing. I guess they weren't in a situation where a missing person uh, happened. And, of course, family members show up immediately. I feel like they're more, more used to just doing things their own way. and. Um, I guess they weren't expecting me. Uh, I, I, I just, I had to go. I had to figure out. I had to look for myself um, and see what was going on. And it wasn't 
the best and most definitely over time uh the command itself was not very welcoming but they had to do what they had to do and we had to do what we what was in our hands so just one thing happened and when the media got involved that's when definitely everybody's perspective changed it's incredible to see how how much um the media can manipulate something yeah and and you know you were you would think in this day and age on the one of the largest military bases in our country that there would be a camera on every corner on every light pole on every that there wouldn't be a dark spot on that campus on that base uh but you never received any satisfaction of seeing her go off base uh be with this robinson guy uh, that ultimately was the one that, that killed her. Um, you you didn't see or get any kind of information of, hey, this is where we know for a fact that she, when she left the base or anything like that, right? Right. Nothing. No, we asked over and over again the same question. Are there cameras on post? Is there a camera in the orange room? It's supposed to be super protective. Uh, some people kept saying, yes, there are cameras. Them themselves would say, no, there isn't any uh, type of footage. So, of course, we didn't know who to believe. And when were we going to be able to get on base to inspect that ourselves? That would never happen. Now, I I, I don't want to uh, to bring up trauma or trigger anything inside of you. But during the time that she went missing and the phone, the cell phone went silent and the time that I believe it was on your birthday when you got the notice that she had been found, that time in between, how does Myra, a family, get through those days what was inside of you what was the strength that you found how did you make it of not hearing anything until that phone rang that morning it was the longest of our lives uh just having to move to a new city out of nowhere that transitioning was horrible uh going from hotel to hotel, uh, just trying to figure out what what's next. And honestly, we lived day by day, either out in the streets with posters or uh, hanging posters in nearby towns, just trying to talk to people, asking people. Um, of course, with CID back and forth, uh, talking with them, checking on the investigation, talking to command, Congress. It's, it was just very tiresome every day we, we wake we would wake up hoping that that would be the day that we either heard news found her um just anything but uh that wasn't the case somehow we 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 found the strength to keep pushing and protest almost every friday um it was just a countless number of things we did our own searches on foot I, I I look back and I'm like, who does this? Like, why why were we in that position where we had to go look for for my sister ourselves? I mean, law enforcement should be doing this. And because 
the army's jurisdiction is so different to civilian, it made it almost nearly impossible to get involved. And they didn't want us to get involved, but we still took our stand and did what we did on the side and searched areas that would be unimaginable. I mean, for living condition, living conditions for a person, it was just very horrible. I mean, it was, it wasn't until June 30th that, um, most definitely they had a sense that that was the area and we had been there a couple of days before doing our own search as well on foot. And I can only imagine how traumatic it would have been. Would have, would it have been us that found my sister's body and not law enforcement? Like I, I can't imagine how, um, I mean, God has a way of doing things and I prayed so much for, for strength, for perseverance, for just, I, I really did one day sit down and ask him, I need to know, I need answers on June 30th. That's the only thing that I want for my birthday. So um, please give me a sign, something, anything. Uh, I don't care if we find her uh, at this point, whatever condition it is, as horrible as it would be, like we need to know where she is. And of course my prayer was answered and I, I try to see things in a positive way um, rather that than never finding her. Uh, because that was their point. That was that was their goal for us to never have found her and keep questioning our whole life. Whereas Vanessa, what happened to Vanessa? Um, it would have just been a cold case. How grateful are you for the uh, Texas Equisure search uh, and their manpower of them going out and helping go through miles and miles and miles of this state? Uh, what did that mean to you and your family? Tim, he knows how much I am. There's no way I could ever repay him for everything that he did for, for my family. Um, he took it very personal and put in so much work and effort. And even, you know, dealing with the army, he had no need to be fighting with uh, what they were permitted to do and whatnot. And he took it so personal that he was willing to confront them and tell them we're joining you guys on this search whether you like it or not, and just go ahead and go forward with it. Um, they really did take a lot of weight off our shoulders uh, in doing searches that we could have never been able to do um, as a group of 10 people on foot. We didn't have the resources. So um, I'm very thankful that he and his whole team uh, took this very personal and helped us just clear off areas and just Give us some some peace and some some time to breathe because it, it it was so exhausting. Yeah, we're going to take our first commercial break, our only commercial break, uh, and this will be a real short one. Uh, if you want to get involved in the conversation, eight 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 six two seven six zero zero eight. On the other side of this, uh, Myra, I really want to find out uh, how the family is doing after uh, the news that came out just recently. Uh, about the uh, accomplice, uh, Cicely Aguilar, uh, and how that affected you. And then meeting two different presidents and start going through the political system of trying to make a difference from all of this negative impact that's happened to your life, how it's turned into making a positive influence in a system that they couldn't get accomplished in decades politically. But your family was there. You spoke out. And you fought 
and I'll be doggone if you didn't get it done. We're going to talk about more of that just on the other side of this only commercial break. We'll be right back. Hang with us. HCI Publishing, that brought you the international bestsellers, A Child Called It, and the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, comes the latest book by Dr. Gregory Williams, Shattered by the Darkness. This book describes the horrific abuse that Dr. Williams suffered at the hands of his father for over 12 years, and the damaging effect of keeping everything silent about that abuse for 30 years. If you're looking for that book that you can't put down, then pick up a copy of Shattered by the Darkness by Dr. Gregory Williams at all Barnes & Noble stores, Amazon, and Books A Million. Now, back to Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. Good evening. Welcome back. We have uh, honored to have a guest of Myra Guillen uh, with us, the, the oldest sister of Vanessa Guillen. And if you haven't seen the Netflix special uh, broadcast on Netflix uh, that I, I've watched several times, I am Vanessa Guillen. You need to watch that tonight and you need to get involved. And, and Myra, if people want to find out more about the foundation, I want to make sure we give people ample time to write this down look it up on the webpage. What's the best way to get in contact with the foundation and what, how they can get involved to help out and, and to help prevent uh, and be an advocate for what you are promoting now uh, across the country? What's the best way? Well, most definitely um, reaching out via email. It's uh, info, I-N-F-O, Guillen, our last name, uh, 101 at gmail.com. And we also have a uh, online webpage, uh, I am Vanessa Foundation.org, uh, which also lets you send an email through the website. Um, and right now we're really just looking to, you know, start up, set up, and of course, uh, in, in the near future, uh, possibly volunteers and survivors that can send their information. Um, and right now the best way to help us is, um, any donation is greatly appreciated. Um, we're working forward to looking forward to some fundraisers this year that we're fingers crossed really help us uh, push our goal and uh, get started with this as soon as possible. Uh, please promise me that you will send me all the information about all the fundraisers and I will get it out to our audience and uh, email it out and talk about it on the program. Uh, if you would do that, we'll make sure we can promote that as much uh, as possible. You know, um, Myra, I, I can't fathom what you and your family have gone through. Uh, if Vanessa was able to express to you uh, from heaven to you uh, right now uh, about the impact, the attention that her story has gotten, um, 
what do you think she would say about <clears throat> what kind of impact she wants it to make on people now? I I bet she didn't think that her name was going to be known uh, globally. Um, it's just <coughs> I hope she's <coughs> sorry <coughs> proud to see what we've been able to accomplish in her honor and most importantly to see that uh, we were able to get justice <coughs> I'm sorry that we were able to you know create a path <clears throat> for justice not only for her but for a countless number of victims who over the decades were silenced what was it that was in her that she knew that she wanted to be uh, a soldier in the United States Army I mean she was adamant I am going to enlist what what was that in her that made her want to do that uh Well, growing up, she was always, uh, I was, I'm the oldest and she was the second oldest. Uh, growing up, she was always more like the tomboy, the, I would, she would love to play outside. Anything that involved outdoor activities, um, was her thing. Um, just, she was never at peace. She would always be moving around. And, um, growing up, she was very involved in sports. She was always in a number of, uh, sports in high school, track, soccer, cross country. She would run every single marathon that existed in Houston. And um, she was really committed to the gym. So I feel like all those things just, she found it uh, worth going to, to the army since it's very physical, very active. Um, and just her wanting to go to school and work at the same time. Uh, that was something that she really looked forward to doing and, you know, providing protection uh, for, for, uh, for her family, first and foremost, um, <clears throat> we were very proud to see her in uniform. So, yeah. um, it was just something that she, she really wanted to go through with. Did it add extra layers of hurt? Um, not only because we've already discussed this, but how the army, uh, interacted with you and your family. But also when they finally found out who the killer was and how that ended up being misaligned, mishandled to where he got off base out of their uh, site and ended up committing suicide, took the coward's way out. Uh, did that add another layer of trauma to the story? It really did effect when we found out that he was already in confinement as they call it uh for their military term uh but the fact that he was somehow let go and he had the chance to escape that really bothers me because we ask ourselves was that was that intentional or like was that really the the, the way that things happened because it, it would have been uh true justice to have him been held accounted for uh, but if, unfortunately he won't face any type of consequence. He, he took the easy way out. And, um, in a way that gives me peace because we know that that person is no longer here to hurt other people. Um, uh, 
but most definitely not moves on to uh, Cecily Aguilar, who was a huge accomplice in this. And um, we know that uh, hearing is set for April 4th, I believe, of this year. So um, that'll be some type of closure as well for us. Have you been assured by anybody in the uh, legal system uh, that you will get answers? to some of the questions that you have never received from uh, regarding what happened that night, how it happened, uh, what caused it to happen, what was behind it happening. Um, do you think that uh, Aguilar will be open and convey some of those answers that you never got to receive from uh, the killer himself? I feel that as if she wanted to be truthful at some point, um, she would have spoke by now, but mm -hmm. there's no telling uh, with people with that mentality what what it is that, um, you know, they're going to do the next day. Um, it's a matter of time. Uh, I mean, I would hope that if there's anything that she knows uh, that she would share uh, with either her legal aid or just anyone uh, that could somehow let us know what it is that she knows. Um, I do feel that there will be questions that will never have an answer because uh, my sister is no longer here to speak on what it is uh, that she lived through that day. And of course uh, the person who committed uh, the murder, he's no longer here. So it just makes it, harder for us to to know if we're, we're ever going to know the truth or if there's any going to be if there's ever going to be any answers to certain questions did it shock you that she actually came out and pled guilty in a way um i felt like that was the easiest thing to do for her as well uh but it was kind of surprising because there was many motions that she filed previously to pleading guilty so it it does um, make me think about um, how she reacted to this and why she reacted um, to plead guilty. Uh, just she she fighted us for so long uh, with any and every motion she could put on the book. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah, turning turning the corner um, when you started getting involved in the advocacy of, hey, we want to make a difference. Things have to change um, in her honor. And you was in front of two different presidents face to face in a meeting alone with them, with a few people around you. And I can't even fathom the magnitude of what that was for you. And you've met probably every uh, political giant in our country. Uh, during these crusades that you have been on. Um, and the act was finally established and signed off by President Biden, correct? That's correct. And with that, that now allows uh, some type of control that takes it outside of the Army's hands. Is that correct? Correct. So, the, the most important point within the first bill was removing the reporting from the chain of command 
having consequences for retaliation, which often leads to suicide. Um, it having a special prosecute uh, team look into the cases and for it not to be biased because if the person that's committing the aggression, assault, or harassment is judging themselves, then there's never going to be any accountability because obviously they're never going to let it get out their hands. So that that's the most important key points. The rest is so legal that I can't get into it. Natalie takes care of that. But um, th- that's very important to highlight that we, we were able to take it out the chain of command's hand. And that that is no small feat. That is a huge, giant leap from, from what I have read and what I've seen. Uh, politicians couldn't get that done in decades. And they've been trying to do that because some of the politicians are military. And they stand up and cover each other's backs, unfortunately, and didn't support bills that made very good common sense. You just don't do it this way. But there was a fight there and it didn't even go into the floor the first year it was out, right? That's correct. It was politics over people the first time around, which was very unfortunate. But uh, we learned how it is that politicians work, came back the following year and made sure it got through the door. Yeah. Did you know anything about the high rate of percentage of sexual assaults was the highest at Fort Hood than any other military base in the country? Had you ever heard that in your life before this? No, not before this. Before this, I actually had no idea. I promise you, I, I, I would hear military and I would be very proud because I had a sister that was serving and I wouldn't, nothing negative would cross my mind. Um, and after this, I realized how wrong I was and how blindsided uh, people can be, including myself, uh, because we don't know about these things because they're not in the media. They're not talked about. Um, and if it's not affecting your family member or someone that you know, then you won't know about it at all. How do you and, and Lupa and, and your mom and, and everybody else, fiance, and how do you put life back together to somewhat normalcy when there is no longer normalcy? How do you find any type of peace now? Where do you find your strength to do a foundation, to keep fighting for these bills, to keep on speaking out? Uh, And you could tell Lupo changed from the day that she went missing to the day that she was giving speeches. It's like, wow, this, this young lady has really change night and day for her ability to be able to speak out. Where, where do you find uh, that kind of, of resiliency? Honestly, I just feel like the, the thirst for justice um, to see people being held accountable and not let this be just another tragic story is one of the main things. I mean, um, the love that we have for, for our sister is also a major a uh, key point i I wouldn't bear to be okay with just standing back and be like, "Yeah, this is what happened. We accept it, and we're not gonna do anything about it. It is what it is. Um, I wouldn't be able to live with myself if that was the case and uh 
And Natalie, our, our attorney, Natalie Kwam, she has a lot to do with this too. She makes sure I get back on my feet. Uh, there's very, very bad days and um, it there is no no normal. Uh, I feel like there there will never be a normal again. And we just try to accommodate to what life is like now and, um, and try our best because there, there is days where um, her absence is really felt um at home and of course i can't imagine how hard it is for my parents uh it's myself as a sister it's hard enough for me i i can't imagine as a mother or father um what it's like to lose a, a child so um i just try to be be there for them every day and um try to keep everyone up and running do you hear from people literally around the world about their own stories about their own pains their own hurts their own uh, abuses and looking for uh, some counsel, some advice on how to make it another day? It's more like um, I, I get comments um, as to how people appreciate that we've been able to get this far and not not be uh, silent. Um, I, I've seen messages from all over and um, now, especially with uh, Netflix, uh, the documentary, it's been very powerful. I, I never expected it to be um, on the top 10 globally for weeks. And just seeing all the feedback from people from so many different backgrounds, uh, that's another thing that gives me faith and uh, keeps this going, knowing that Vanessa's name will be remembered for decades to come and it's making history as we speak. That, that has to give you a feeling of resolve somewhat, because I don't think there's any resolve in, in this type of situation, that her name will be literally remembered politically and through the bill and legislature and people's lives have impacted forever. I mean, it, she will always be remembered, always. Right. I mean, the military justice system has been spearheaded. I would say 180 degrees. We're halfway there. And I truly feel like we can get that. We've done a lot in the last year. We can do more this year. Um, so I just hope to keep the pressure on both uh, politicians and the Department of Defense to get things done and get them done as soon as possible. Um, to implement these new provisions and make sure that the military justice system actually uh, has accountability and justice for countless number of injustices that had happened over decades. I mean, there's people that pass away needing justice and they leave their family members behind to fight this fight. And I just hope that they, they feel hopeful. I mean, I, it's just something that I was kind of forced to do. Uh, in the, the way that life is set up, but I don't mind doing it at all. I mean, I've learned a lot and hope to learn more and just keep going uh, as far as we can. Myra, what do you think about all the people that went to their graves as elderly men and women dying naturally that stayed silent of all of these abuses? Because we have maybe some of the numbers now in the military, but you have to times that by thousands of people that never 
told anyone it's overwhelming right i mean again it's unimaginable i mean i can't imagine how i i don't know if it was worse or better i i do feel like our military was different back in the day and there's a lot of people that say the same thing um there was more respect but who knows if for women it was the same or even for men in this case both uh uh both uh genders could be uh victims of abuse so there's just no telling uh the numbers i mean even half of the report more than half don't half of the reports don't even get through uh the chain of command so there there's just wow. no telling seeing the history of uh politicians fighting this for decades it's unbelievable and the fact that it got to this point is even nerve-wracking because how how is it that it took this uh my sister's tragic story to spearhead all this legislation and all this movement i can't imagine what it would have been if if we would have stayed silent and just sat back and accepted everything is there a book in you is there a book that's going to be written on this have you been approached <laughs> by that i have but um i honestly don't know i there's just so much going on and thrown at me that i've trying to get myself organized situated and just trying to sit back and think what's next for me and my family um in hopes to uh one of my main goals is continue changing legislation so i'll be back on the hill for that um sure enough yeah we only have about a minute left uh mari is there anything that you've learned because of this event in the family that you wish you would have done different that if I'd only a life lesson or anything that you want to share with our listeners tonight, that has just been something that has impacted you uh, that you want to make sure people know before we sign off tonight, Hey, don't forget to do this. We'll most definitely appreciate um your loved ones um we're here today god knows tomorrow mm-hmm. um and the things that seem uh far from reach i feel like people can get together the families that have uh, gone through similar situations um i hope they can find the strength to do what we've done. There's a lot of people that reach out for help. And I just honestly don't know how it is that I can help because we have so much going on with my sister's case. It's very much active. And um, I hope to provide that help with the foundation one day soon this year. Um, But I, I do want to tell people that if they come together, things can happen. And like us, we had a lot of uh, support from the public. Uh, and that made a huge difference. So when people unite, they can make very much positive things happen. Okay. I'll tell you what, Mara, I, I applaud you. Thank you for coming on the program tonight. Uh, you being able to speak up and speak out has made a difference in so many people's lives. And uh, you are a champion to so many people. So thank you for spending some time with us tonight. If there's anything we can ever do for you, if you ever want to come back on, Lupa or anybody else wants to come on and just share, 
we'd love to have you back. And thank you so much. And Godspeed through 2023. And may you just keep on making impacts in that political realm to change what should have never been an issue in our military bases. And thank you for being here. Thank you, Dr. Appreciate it so much. As we end every program, like we do every week, no matter what you have gone through, and I can't even imagine the, the trauma of something like this. No matter what you're involved with right now, no matter, matter what you're going to face in this coming year, I do want to let you know there's always hope. There's always hope. Never give up on that. And for one last thought, before you go to bed tonight, call somebody and tell them you love them. Somebody in your family, somebody that you care about, and just let them know you care. God bless you. Thank you for joining us tonight. And thank you, Meyer, for being with us this evening. And God bless you and your family. We'll talk to you next week. God bless. We'll see you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. To contact Dr. Williams, dial 832-396-6525 or email him at shatteredbythedarkness at gmail.com. And don't forget to join us each Sunday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Pacific on BBS Radio Station 1 for the next episode of Breaking the Silence. Thank you.